You're listening to The Leaf Report with Canadian Press National Hockey writer Jonas Siegel and the Athletic TO's James Murdo. Okay, the podcast is back. It is the end of June, just before the start of free agency. Uh, the podcast is always... Well, we haven't done one in a while. Sessions, as always. I guess it always is. Well, it made sense to take a break, didn't it? Yeah. Didn't we do one? We did one during the playoffs or something about like other about Ottawa or something. And we did a few, I think. Zaitsev contract. Oh yeah, after the Leafs were eliminated. Yeah. So we probably haven't done one since then. Uh, so the podcast is brought to you by Bab Socks. We are going to get into expansion draft. I'm wearing Bab Socks. Where he's got a oh, mustache. He's got, the mustache. He's got did a you mustache see, on them. By the way, did you see the the picture of Neander in the Bab Socks? Yeah. We need I, to ask Mike Babcock about this. I need to ask William Neander about that. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Was, you know what it was? It was a sock? bachelor party for Victor Louv, I think. Yeah. Or Love. Whatever. I think Victor he goes Love. back and forth. I don't know what it is now. <laughs> so I'm not even lying. If I had a name like that, I would just like mess with the media. That's it. Some of the Russian guys, their names are spelled different every three years. But do you think it would be like if you were... If you're Neander, is it like kind of kissing up by wearing Bab socks? Or the I opposite? I think he just thinks it's funny. Yeah, he's a kid. I think it, yeah. He's what? He's a kid. Neander's, okay. I don't, he's got a really funny attitude. Yes. We will talk about William Neander, uh, who, yeah, we'll talk about William Neander. We'll talk about the draft, expansion draft, free agency, the front office. And I want to get your thoughts on one thing that I'm thinking about writing. Uh, so I will ask you about that later. But let's start uh, with the expansion draft, since it was first of kind of these dominoes. Yep. Um, the big thing with the Leafs, obviously, is who they decided to protect. And the one big one that they decided to protect was Matt Martin. Can you construct, like, for me, an argument for protecting him? Yes. Okay. Um, he's probably worth more on the trade market from the other 29 teams than Brendan Leipzig. Look at what Ryan Reeves got in the trade, St. Louis to Pittsburgh. There are teams that value what Matt Martin does. Vegas might have valued it. They might have lost him. And the Leafs value him, too. So even though we don't like what he brings to the table, what I will say is that I think that when, once Brian Boyle and Kapanen were on that line, I think that line looked pretty good. And I think Martin looked a lot better, and all of his numbers got much better. And obviously they were lifting him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it just shows that they need to have, if they have a really weak center on that fourth line, Matt Martin's going to be completely useless. If you have a good center on that line, at least they can carry the puck for him and put him in positions to succeed. But tell me if this is a wrong comparison, but is this not unlike when uh, the Leafs opted to keep Fraser McLaren and Colton Orr to, and, and essentially got rid of Joe Colburn? Like, that's I know much, it's, that's it's, much it's, worse. It's, it's worse because those guys are worse players. And, Colburn's and Matt better Martin still than, has some value. I think Colburn's better than Leipzig. Like, I... Just from it's t- just the idea of like surrendering yeah. a prospect for a guy who you know what he is. Here, and- here's the question: Leipzig would he make the team? Would he make the top fourteen forwards next year? Probably not. No, he's not. So he would be put. So on, he is. He would be put on waivers, right? So he'd get. So, so he's. So, what is he worth? Like, so then what, maybe that's what they decided. Like, if I was them, I would have tried to trade Leipzig for a fifth round pick or something, and then lose. But then you lose somebody else. Right. But I don't. Th- they I, didn't have anyone. I don't think. That. I don't think they value. Brendan Leipzig or Kirby Reichel. I don't think that they think they have much potential. I'm not sure what potential... Like, I'm not sure about them either. I can understand that. Like, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to be. If they're going to be anything. Now, they've seen them quite a bit with the Marlies, and I think they know what they have there. I I think Joel Corbett's better. And I guess the point is, like, you would be surrendering a guy who is in your lineup for someone who's not. Yeah. And someone who you value for his leadership, who you value for... Like, you and I can disagree, but who you value for his toughness, the effect that he has, I don't know, intimidation against an opponent, even though I don't buy that stuff. I guess the, I guess the alternate argument is you should waive Matt Martin in the fall and put Brendan Leipzig on the fourth line. But Are they a better team that way? Probably. Like, who's going to get... Like, Matt Martin had, I think, how many points did he, he have? Nine. Under nine points? Yeah, he had under ten. Okay, so Brendan was, Leipzig's getting more than nine points. Right. So he's helping your team win more, isn't he? He probably, yeah. Yeah. So it's probably the wrong move. Like, it's not a big deal, but it's not... But that's the argument you can make, is that Matt Martin probably has more trade value than Brendan Leipzig. But Brendan what, Leipzig probably has almost none. Okay, but he's, that, like a, he's like a Seth Griffin. What does what trade value does Matt Martin have? Well, Someone, what, if you what trade, trade value does Ryan Reeves have? Well, I mean, what's the, aren't those guys pretty much Okay, so that's player? what I wanted to ask you about, because... The, I was talking to, pick for I the think guy. I was talking to our buddy Chris Johnson about this. 
when are we going to get to a point where teams like actually just smarten up and stop doing like weird dumb things and and the example i want to give you is and it's no no disrespect to him but like someone is going to pay carl orsner a lot of money in unrestricted free agency and it will be a bad idea and it will be a bad idea like right now we'll know it's a bad idea when are we going to get to a point like where in baseball they're at where they stop making they stop making stupid they stop having bad ideas right like that are obviously bad decision at the time i think some teams have stopped doing that but every time i think that then like like every time every time i think chicago is smart they give uh, Brent Seabrook, like the hugest contract of all time, which cost them. Our they trade Yar- they trade Yarmelson for Connor Murphy, who's not very good. I know, and I was like, okay, the, I don't know. I guess the team's not that smart, and they just like got the back to back champs just surrendered a guy who had some skill, who's young for Ryan Reeves. Yeah, I, like I don't know who's still smart out there. There has who, to be someone. Who are the smart teams? Well, it's, I keep. I used to think L.A. was smart, and then they they do lost, weird things. Too. They lost the plot, and you know what? It, and we. I was going to get to this later, but we're not maybe, there yet. That's to answer your question. Like hockey's, I don't know how many years away. Five, probably, probably. Yeah, it might take like a new guard of GMs to come. I in think that's and, exactly what I was going to say. It's going to take more teams hiring people like John Chaka. And so that's why, like, for, for Chaika, like, it's, it well, is very... He hasn't made all smart decisions either. I, no, but I, I completely agree. I, I don't I don't understand what they did, like, trading for Derek Stepan and Antti Ranta. Like, that stuff didn't make any sense, but that might be the owner. But the point is, like, until more teams start hiring young guys saying, like that... Yeah. Some but, of those guys are going to be good. But they need someone to... Like, they need an example where they can say it's worked. Right. Like, at least in baseball, they had Theo Epstein, so they could say... Look, he won, go, he won a World Series. Let's go find a Theo. Right, but they don't have any of that in hockey. Like maybe it's like maybe it's someone like Kyle Dubas when he if he if and when he gets his own yep. GM job and works. I could well, see that. Yeah, so. I think Carolina is a really smart front office. Because I do too. Ron Francis listens to Eric Tulski, but they haven't won yet. They haven't. Like if Darling's really good, I think Carolina could have a really good team this year. They've got a lot of really underrated guys. Well, though, you know, you know one thing I didn't realize, and this is way off Leafs. Yeah, this is way too inside in the Carolina weeds. Hurricanes. We're in the weeds here. But that Pesci and Slavin, Slavin or Slavin, I always can never remember. And then every time I watch them, I'm like, okay, remember, it's Slavin. I think it's Slavin. Anyway, those guys make nothing. Like, they're on, like, they're making no money. And it's one of the best pairs probably in the league. So, like, yeah. and now they just added Van Reemsdijk, who's also really good. Uh, I think he's okay. I he's think a he's third fine. pair guy. That's fine. They don't yeah. need him to be anything more than that. Uh, they've got so many players there now that I think that you could see them trade. It sounds like they might trade Noah Hannafin. I think that would be a mistake. Well, or what about Justin Falk? Like I think they would. They, they I think I would trade Justin they, Falk. They want I like a high end offensive player in there, so I could see them trade like a good defenseman. Well, I talked to some Francis. Don't think Noah Hannafin's that good. He said when they traded Hainsey and they started using Noah Hannafin like a top four role, he was good. Now, I haven't looked at the numbers to kind of see if he's right. But I wouldn't trade. Like, he's 20, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't trade a guy. That was the Marner draft, so he's definitely not very old. Right. Because the Leafs were looking at Anafin. So anything else about the expansion draft you want to talk about? Did anything surprise you, like how they picked their roster? I didn't think Vegas had a very good expansion draft. I didn't like what they did. They did a lot of weird things. Now they're trying to trade Spiza and Emelin, and they're having a hard time doing it. And and they traded Schlemko for a fifth-round pick, and like... They did not have. They should have picked the highest value assets they could get their hands on. Instead, they took a whole bunch of really mediocre defensemen. That I would have taken some chances on some young guys. Like I would have taken like Mikhail Grigorenko just to see. Like he may be nothing, and like so far in the NHL, he hasn't. Well, done he didn't much. get qualified. Did you see that yesterday? I know he's now he's UFA. Like yeah. I don't so know you why don't need you need to take him then. Right, because I guess you can just sign him. Yeah. But who would they take on Colorado? It was like some... Oh, it was Pickard. They, yeah, I like that pick. That's, that's who I would have taken from Colorado. I mean, I would have taken more goalies. Well, but so that's that was the common wisdom going in. But like, I don't know what trade value goalies have. I'm more guessing than, they thought that... More than Emily. I think they, said, I think they thought the opposite. And, I think they probably thought D had more value. Uh, I think they made a lot of mistakes. But you know what? It's okay because Vegas is going to be really bad their first two years. And I think that that's... They should be really bad. I think that was, I think they it's know really that. high picks. I think they know that they're well. There was no chance they were going to be. All this talk about all I, the who is the who are these people draft. who said they were going to be good? Well, the ex- people were saying all oh, the expansion draft rules are set up so they can be competitive right away. That's what the NHL said. That's what they yeah, tried to do. I, there were people parroting that though, and like saying like, oh, all these teams are going to lose good players and all this stuff, and it's it's total BS. 
I, before the, the draft happened, looked at who was available and said they'd have a lot of trouble to score and they'd have no stars. And I think that's Even true. Even their D is like... the D, Well, they don't have any great D. They made all it those is, side deals not to get any of the defensemen that were, like, interesting. Well, so would it... Other than Nate Schmidt, I guess. Do you think it would have been better to not make those side deals and take Vatanen or take Manson and take, take Dumba? Like, I would have taken Dumba. Like, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I would have taken some chances on some guys who, when we think we're going to be well, good, got that prospect players. that Alex Tuck. Yeah, yeah, like that's fine. If he's good, then it's okay. But I don't, I don't know much about him. They just have, they just have nothing beyond. No, the team is terrible. Yeah, I was looking at it. They last night they had thirteen defensemen. Eleven were left hand shots. It's good. It's like no one wants left hand shot defensemen. They're gonna suck. Did you see my story last night was about Hamlinek and how. The Leafs are in trouble trying to find a right, well, right hand D. Okay, so we can skip ahead to that. No, no, it's okay. Let's let's. Okay, I, so I we're going to talk about the about draft. That. So let's talk about the draft. Uh, so they took four defensemen, a goalie, a left winger, and a center. I don't think we're surprised that they went heavy on D based on their needs. Are you surprised that they took all these big D, like these humongous, ginormous guys? They did it last year too. So what do you th- like? Do you think and we're then, learning anything about this? They like seem Mark kind Hunter of group? a little bit Ontario heavy to me, and they seem to value size and not necessarily skill. Just skill. Well, like the first not guy taking, they took was yes. The first pick was fantastic. I think the Leafs got really lucky that he slipped. I think that was a big mistake. That was like when Cam Fowler slipped to eleven or whatever happened, whatever he fell to. And, yeah, he did. Or when Kopitar fell, or like the guys. Sometimes guys fall for the wrong reasons and. I think that that kid, like, he might end up being nothing, but the fact that a lot of scouting services had him, like, second behind Nolan Patrick going into the year, that makes it worth taking at 17 no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I was watching, like, because uh, I don't know these prospects from no, like, neither the guy do I. in the street. So neither I was watching, like, videos and articles and Bob McKenzie's preseason rankings. He had uh, the defense, I can't say his name, Liljegren or Lil... Lilgren. Lilgren. Lil- I don't. I, anyway, whatever. So he had him second. He had him second on his board after Patrick, and I remember him saying he's the best defenseman on the board, and it's not even close, or uh-huh. something along those lines. And then, all, and then it comes. Then six months later, he's not even on the board. He's mono. He doesn't play that much. He plays for all these different teams. I don't know. That stuff doesn't really bother me. But that the, much, though. no, it shouldn't. But no. like that's what happens. That's how a guy falls. Yeah. Like scouts haven't seen. I him. think they're like got eh. really lucky. Like they probably got a top seven player in that in the draft. At 17, which has not always happened. Right. Most people, like we had, Scott Wheeler did a really good preview of, yeah, like, so. here's the best options for the Leafs to get. And one of the things he said right at the top was Lilgren, or however the hell you say it. I should have learned that at the draft. That should have been one of the things I picked up at the draft. Um, How do you say your name, bud? Yeah. <laughs> Instead, I was asked, oh, who's your agent? And, you know, anyway. But I, I think it's interesting, like, First Mark Hunter draft, the big headline, screaming headline, is they took all the skill. And then slowly... But I think maybe Kyle, because they, I think Dubas had a big inf- impact so, on that 2015 draft, and I don't think he does the last two. Okay, so maybe we're learning like something about... Maybe because they have a lot of forward prospects of some intrigue, maybe they're not taking as many of those guys. I don't know. Yeah, that's that could be true. They do have a lot of small wingers. Yeah. They, do they only take centers? They took one center, Ryan McGregor. See, the thing I didn't like about that pick is that that kid tops out as like a maybe third liner, but probably a fourth liner. Do you know who that reminds me of? That was what they said about the goat. Yeah, they, right when they drafted him, which should have right, which did send alarm bells kind of right. going off. And I think the goat has actually probably outperformed what we thought he was going to be. Like, I don't think he has. The second if, half, he, if he had outperformed it, he would be their fourth line center. Well, I think he's he was going to be in September until he got hurt. And apparently that injury he has is terrible. It's like, it's like, uh, isn't it? It's like the muscle ripped off the bone or something. It's, it's something. It's gonna, he's going to be out a while. It's something unbelievably bad. And he's such a big guy. And I have a hard time believing that he would have lasted the year as a center. All I know is that the last two months with the Marlies, everyone said he really turned into something yeah. else. He was like their top center. and mm-hmm. like, But that's the age, right? Yeah. But he's still pretty young. I don't know. It's just... I guess there wasn't enough there for us to know if he was... Like... I've never bought the stock. Yeah. Well, you're probably right. He's not a good enough skater. I mean... Is he... Is he... 
Yeah, best case that's, scenario, that's he's going to be like a Kent, Kent Manderville or a David Steckel or David Steckel. Yeah, but that doesn't. Although Goat isn't even that good on. But that was that's a big problem, (laughs) and that was in a different NHL. Like the NHL is way faster. Yeah. So, sidetracked. What's next? Well, I I have a reminder. I gave myself a reminder to remind people that the podcast is brought to you by Babsocks. Wow, this is getting very professional. So I've got a, a promotion. If you go to the Babsocks store and buy a pair of Babsocks, we will give you a free subscription to The Athletic TO. Tell them, James Myrtle says, I want The Athletic free deal. Buy some socks. That's a good deal. And they'll, the Babsocks guys will email me. Tell them to email me. And uh, we'll give them a, a one year. That's a good deal. Yeah, it's a really good deal. It's like 45 bucks to sign up to The Athletic. Just for being, just for listening to the podcast. Well, other for going to the store and supporting Bab Sox. So. Yeah. All right. I'm only doing one though, so there might be a big line of people at Bab Sox. Then as soon as this comes out today, I think they'll be okay with that. And there's lots of good places to eat around there too. If you're, yeah, in it's area. a good neighborhood. Jonas yeah. used to live there, and Jonas and I used to play tennis right near there. Yeah. So not well, but yeah. pe- people want to know that. All right, let's get into uh, free agency, which is coming very soon. Um. When you look at the least biggest need, obviously it's a defenseman. It's a top four defenseman. It's a right shot defenseman. If you look at the available unrestricted free agents, there are no guys who do that. Shattenkirk and Cody Franzen and Michael Stone. Okay, so I should rephrase because those guys are right here on my list. There are no guys who fit that well, I think. You can spend on Kevin Shattenkirk, good Good riddance. Like, I wouldn't do that. I don't do think that. I would. Okay, Unless so that, you can give him a two-year deal. That was my first question. It's not like the Rangers are going to just totally blow their... No, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say... Blow yeah, their don't break. say that. Yeah. No, but like, it sounds like the Rangers are just going to go... And that would... For the Leafs. For Cocoa Puffs, for Kevin Shatter. And for the Leafs, that's not a good idea. No. For him. No. Cody Franzen? I would offer Cody Franzen two and a half million for one year. He would be on your third pair. You know that. Yeah. I would be okay with that. Yeah, but he doesn't. And maybe he steps up into your second pair sometimes. The problem is he doesn't really fill the need of what they. Yeah, but no one does. Well, well but I, if I like, you're getting a like, guy for your third pair, you need someone who's going to like kill penalties, who's going to have a lot of D zone starts. Like, not necessarily. Why can't someone? I guess your, you can shelter uh, your third pair guy doesn't have to kill penalties. Like Nashville, who's going to kill penalties? Okay, so who's going to kill penalties? I know how. Like, I'm just thinking I how think, Mike Babcock coaches. That is what he likes in that role. I think they're going to re-sign Matt Hunwick, probably. Yeah, I agree. I think Travis Dermott's going to come in. I think potentially he can play some of those. So one of those guys is your seven. Yeah. Maybe Cody's your seven. I don't know. I mean, at least it gives you another right shot that you can use. Yeah. Like a Dermott, Franz, and third pair is probably pretty darn good. Yeah. I would. Be, I think that'd be okay. I wouldn't pay him okay, a but lot so, of money. Okay, so let's look at it. So Zaitsev will kill penalties. Riley would kill penalties. Hunwick could kill penalties. Like, just try to think of it from Mike Babcock's perspective. He he never, ever used him last year. I can look at the minutes. Like, it's like zero. Which, I don't know if that makes sense. Like Dermot can probably kill penalties. It's not can they. It's will he use them to do it. He might use Franzen to kill penalties. They did sometimes. He's a big guy. Can't see it, man. (laughs) <laughs> like you, like that's the okay. Uh, that's the one thing. Like when people talk, so about, you have to remember who the coach is and like how the coach is going to use the, that. the reason. That's why they need a right shot because Babcock does not want to play a left. Gardner shot. had 25, 26 minutes on the penalty kill all season. So just like put those into fewer games, and then anyway. Anyway, so if they don't sign Franzen, the other options are kind of scary. Dan Girardi, they're crappy. Michael Stone. People are talking about Carl Alsner, which I think is, is wrong crazy. because he's a, he's a left shot and he's going to get a ton of money. Um, it's not; they're not good names. I I selected like I wrote down on this list the guys that I could see being of interest, and that gets me to my next question: is an offer sheet. And the guys I picked out were like Colton Pareko, Orlov, and Alex Petrovic in Florida. I like offer sheets. I think we should just have fun with them. Now. Okay, so would you do it? Like, on one of those guys? Pareko's a right, Petrovic's a right, Orlov's a left. Well, not not for a lefty. Yeah, but, like, you can always move Riley over. Like you could always... I think that's probably what they should do anyway. So, like, if... Riley says he doesn't... It doesn't matter to yeah. him. Yeah. Riley says it doesn't hurt him. Didn't, didn't Hunwick play the right side when they were together at the end of the season? They... Yeah. I think he... Riley also played some right, too. And Hunwick... I don't know. 
So would you do it? Like, okay, so let's say... Oh, you the were, other option we didn't... Roman Polak might come back. Okay, that, that I would... Honestly, I like Roman Polak, but a guy who's that big coming off that injury, I'd be careful. Like, I wouldn't... Ca- I guess what I'm saying is I wouldn't count on him being in my lineup. Yeah, but it's better than Dan Girardi or Alsner sure. or Michael Stone or... Yeah, if he's your eight. At least Edmonton... Camp. At least Edmonton jumped on the grenade that was Chris Russell... Another like Jonas is shaking his head another, vigorously. Another team that like Peter Charlie comes in, you're like, oh, they're gonna smart to start doing pretty smart things. Wait then... till you see what McDavid gets on his contract. I've been meaning to write about it. Have he you heard? should get a lot. Yeah, I've yeah. Heard. Have you heard what? But people are saying he might get 14 million. He should that much. That'll cripple the whole team. But that's what he deserves. That's not his fault. Like it's their fault what for signing deserves, stupid contracts to Milan. What he deserves is what's comparable to what stars get in the market, and no one has ever gotten anything close to that. But no one is him. Who is him? Who is a comparable? There is no comparable. Crosby, Crosby got eight point seven like a million years ago. Yeah. Like Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, who are eight years older, got it's going to be and really and interesting if he does get fourteen. That's going to be bad for the Leafs. Yeah, because Matthews will get twelve. And, but, but and I'm, will get more and I'm on the side of the players. More. The players should get what they deserve. Right. And for too long, like this league has been like That'll change team building too. Like it'll really Teams need to be smarter. Like they yeah. have to stop signing Chris Russell's and Lucic to stupid contracts. <laughs> and then saying like, Oh well we don't have money like it's it's like and the one team who's done things really sp- smartly i would say is tampa but tampa kind of played that game a little bit too where they're like well we have all these guys to sign so steven like we can only give you eight and a half right that's not what he's worth like he's worth more apparently there's pressure on mcdavid to take like a super high number good yeah so it'll be it's like it players get blamed for the gms being doing stupid things like it's not their fault so like imagine mcdavid gets 14 and then the oilers are bad Probably gonna blame him for that. Stupid people will blame him, but that's fine. Yeah, that city seems to turn on the wrong people all the time. Well, we had it here. Like they turned on Phil. They said Phil was the reason the team was bad. No, the reason and Dion. Like the reason the team was bad is because they didn't have good players besides those guys. Because their management was awful. Right. It was funny standing at the wall at the draft and the Ducks because they had such a low pick were right next to the wall. We we were stuck behind this like partition in the on the floor the draft and that's how we can talk to people and uh Nonis and randy carlisle are both sitting there together on the at the docks it's very it's weird i don't think randy likes me but that's oh, okay i know he doesn't like me <laughs> that's okay <laughs> anyway that's that's fine but like i i guess so so let's say mcdavid does get 14 matthews gets 12 what did neilander and marner get well, the only it actually is really beneficial now. I think that Neilander comes up a year earlier because it could be before like the super contracts start coming into play. Well, so they could sign him now. Yeah, I think they should try to. Okay, so that was actually on my list of stuff. I don't know what what would seven you, seven by seven six and a half seven by seven. I offer him like six by six and see what happens. He wouldn't take that. If he took that, you'd you'd laugh. You'd yeah. be really happy. I mean, like ideal world, that's what I would want. Yeah, if you're them. If you were Neilander and you were his agent, what would you ask for? Probably like seven by seven, yeah. Because that'll be a bargain very soon. We're sure that he's that good. Okay, what are the put a percentage on it? I would say I'm seventy-five to eighty percent sure he's really good. Yeah, the last thirty games of the season, he was unreal. Like he just looks like a star. He, look how good he was in the playoffs. So I talked to uh, Peter Wallen, who is uh, Lilgren's agent the night after he got taken first and we were just talking about his player and whatever but he started going on and on about Neilander. <laughs> like just like as an aside he's like he said Neilander is the best 15 year old Swede he has ever seen and he's like you know he's like an agent over in Sweden Jeez. and like he's like he said he was he said he was better than Landis Cog. he said he was better than Hedman do you want to know something funny like in doing some I don't know how this came up but I, I was looking at the he was 2014 draft I think so. 2014? Yeah, he was 2014. Yes. So I looked at the, Euro, like, you know, the NHL Central Scouting pre-draft rankings? Mm-hmm. So number one European skater heading into that draft, guess who it was? Neilander? No, he was number two. Oh. Kasperi Kapanen. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, Kapanen did fall, yeah. Which is just really interesting. Well, in hindsight, Neilander should not have fallen to eighth. No, there the are Leafs many got teams fortunate who made there again mistakes, and... like the Canucks. Yeah. 
The Canucks have never been a good drafting team. Which is odd because they're they're run by a guy who was like head of scouting forever before he came to them. But I just like I followed the Canucks closer than any other team for a long, long time and until Burke picked the Sedines, they really had not done a lot well in the draft. For a long time. Nor has the team in Toronto. Like they should have taken Kopitar the year he was available. They I think they were picking tenth and they let Kopitar win eleventh to LA. Was that the year they took Bourdon? Yeah. Which I mean, like, yeah, we don't know what don't know. we don't know what Bordon would have been, but like Kopitar's anyway, and that was like desperately what they needed. And now Kopitar is overpaid, a lot as a lot of guys are. That's I, I, I don't know. It's it's gonna be like so what I was gonna say is if if McDavid gets fourteen and all the young guys start getting massive money right out of their entry level deal, I wonder what that does to the rest of the roster in terms of what those guys. It make means you can't pay. Happens. It means you can't pay those guys as much. Right, like it's happening. It like doesn't number four D are getting a lot of money right now. Like look at Zaitsev and like look at those kind of like fringe. I don't maybe not fringe is the wrong word, but second pair D get way more money than they probably should. Yeah, and that's what it, like that was. It happened in the NBA where they were kind of the complaint was that all the middle guys were getting way more than they deserved. And that's what top happened. guys weren't getting what they deserved. That's what's happened in hockey. Yeah. Um, I remember when the cap first came in. I, mean, I wrote about this a lot. Um, in the initial first few years, everyone said when the cap came in, the middle class is going to be eliminated, and it never happened. What happened is that guys like Brooks Orpik and Bieksa and like all of these kind of like number four defensive defensemen got a lot more money. Mm-hmm. Their their pay all went up as the cap went up, and the stars really didn't change because guys like Paul Korea and Sergei Fedorov and that were making and Joe Sakic were making like ten million dollars a year in 1998, and the stars now are still making ten million dollars a year. That's so not good. That's not fair. It's not right. No. Like is like what did what was Zaitsev's number? Cap number? Four and a half. Okay, so is McDavid worth three and a bit times Zaitsev? Of course he is. Yeah. He's twenty, and he like he might so be a second best. Th- actually, I never thought of it before. Uh, we were talking about it here, but there's a way that the Zaitsev contract could burn the lease is if the salary structure of the league shifts dramatically in the next he's signed for seven years if the sh- salary structure shifts dramatically in the next three four years where second pair defensemen do not get a lot of money and they all fall into like two point because to mcdavid drags the top up and now yeah. suddenly those guys and matthews and all those young players yeah and the Leafs have a lot of good young players and hmm. so suddenly those guys are super overpaid if they're getting more than three and a half or whatever i mean you got to save that money somewhere mm-hmm. and i think the other what we've seen with the blackhawks is they're super top heavy the question is, is that the way to build your team? Or do you want to be more like Nashville, where there's like not very many guys making huge money? I'd rather have really good players. Yeah. I don't know. I think I have a If chance. they're the right position. Like, look at, look at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Does Pittsburgh have, like, that many good players? No, but, like, they have two amazing players. One really, really good player. One good coach, player, good goalie. Good, good coach, good goalie. But beyond that, like... I couldn't believe they won with their D. That's why I kept picking against them all through the playoffs. I picked them every step. Did you? Yep. Did you pick him in the beginning to win the cup? I never did a pre-cup pick huh. thing. But I just Crosby and Malkin. Like they were like all played. You, you they were all played by Washington. Yeah, but you have Crosby, Malkin, and a good goalie. Yeah, but and they got lucky they, against Washington. Like they shouldn't. Have, they like, shouldn't have beaten them. No, right. But I, I just know. thought, like watching the year before, Latang was like such a. He was he one was of their best three players. Good. He was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you can make a really good case that he deserved. A lot of MVP consideration. I mean, I, I I think it was good that Crosby won, but but that's the power of like having like an ace number one center. Yeah, and that's what like that's why when you look at Toronto, like in what Matthews is and can be. Yeah, it is that. Yeah, yeah. But this okay. So this is a perfect segue, and I didn't even plan that. But so I think they also like I have goalies, so we'll talk about that in a sec. But I think they also could use another center, especially if they're not intending to play. Uh, William Nylander at center, which I'm, I think is going to be a really fast. Well, they obviously need a fourth line center. Who else? Yeah. Eric Fair, I guess, is who who it would be if they don't sign anybody. Yeah, and that's a bad idea. Yeah. So, do any of these guys interest you as a center in some capacity? Martin Hansel. Yeah, he interests me, but I think he's going to be too expensive. Agreed. So the the only way I like Martin Hansel is if they move on from Bozak, which I don't think they will. I, I don't think they're, they're going to do that at a, some point. Is that a, I know, but is that a, that's not an upgrade? I don't think it is. I think it might be. Mm, I'm not a, a big... I don't know. Okay, how about Burmistrov? No, I don't. You wouldn't take a chance on it? I would take well, a chance on it. Is he going to be your fourth line center? Sure. But Mike wouldn't... But he wouldn't fit for Babcock in that role, so no. Grigorenko. 
Same as Burmese Trout, right? Joe Thornton is someone who people have mentioned. I don't, I don't think he'll come to Toronto. And 37 coming off. Actually, he's going to be 38, I believe, coming off like major knee surgery, I think it was, or ACL or something. Patrick Marlowe. Mm, he's played a lot on the wing lately. But he's, he can play center. He would be great. He would like if I was picking a guy who I could have for one year, he would be my guy. He's really good. So give him a one year deal to be your third line center? He'll kill penalties, he's good on face. What do you do with Bozak? You gotta move him then. You're gonna run into a cap situation. Marlowe can be your fourth line center. Yeah, he's gonna cost you like five million. For one year, that's fine. Sam Gagne? He was a good fourth line center for Columbus this past year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would be okay. Benino? Uh yeah, kinda like Bozak part two, right? But so that's a need. So, like, I don't know where they're filling it if they're not getting... Like, I guess they can try to re-sign Brian Boyle, but it seems like he wants to go back to Tampa. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if he comes back. Me too. Put it about 20%. I don't I think it's more like family and stuff like that. And So is there an internal option? No. I mean, that's the thing is that the Marlies really don't have much at center. Like, they're really thin there too, so... So they have to get someone. They, yeah, they do. I don't know what they're going to do at center. That's a really good question. Patrick Marlowe is my guy. That's what. Maybe building. they still will move Nylander to center. Maybe that was just all BS. Bluff? Well, especially if they can't get anyone. But they'd still need... No, no, they wouldn't need anyone. That would make Bozak your fourth line center. That'd be weird. I don't know. It wouldn't be bad, but like it would just be... Bozak's really good on the power play, so you could get him a lot more minutes there. But you, but again, like Mike Babcock likes his fourth line center to kill penalties and just be, yeah. I don't know where they're going to get that guy. I bet you they. I wouldn't be surprised if they try Eric Fair there. I don't think that's a good idea. But 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 but, not a lot but, of options. but the one thing like, and this is the same thing with with defense. You can see the yeah the audio you, you spiking. got really loud there. Yeah, but so the important thing, and I wanted to make this point. Just because the guy who you have at the start of the season doesn't mean that's who finishes. Like if, if they're at the middle, if they're at the trade deadline and they need a center, you can just trade. That's for what a I wrote last night about Hamannick and missing him, and yeah, and not and having a D. not having a good option. The only thing is, is I looked at who the potential rental players at right defense could be okay, next year. You're one step ahead of me. Yeah, I went way ahead. There's not much there. Like even if they try and get a rental player, it's just it's really really tough. It's really hard. They're just. He's left. Yeah. There are not very many right defensemen in the NHL. Only I think 30, I looked at it. Only 39% of, yeah. of the D that played 50 games in the league last year are right. So either Mike Babcock has to get over the idea that it has to be left-right split, or they're going to have to overpay for like a Travis Hamannick kind of guy. That's a we haven't really idea. talked about Hamannick. I don't well, do you think that... Are we, okay, going, so are we, we getting there? No, that's not on the list, but we should add it. Okay, it's added. Um... If if that was let's say that was the exact cost that it was going to cost the Leafs a first, two seconds, one of them I think is conditional. Would you do it? Yeah, I would do it. You? I think so. He came. He was bad last year, injured a lot. Right. The he's number twenty six. He's twenty six. He's on a. If he can rebound, that's a okay contract. That's fine. Like I if, encourage people to read Tyler Dello's story about him. And it was. Did you see it? Was I haven't it seen was, it. Yet, no. It was excellent. Yeah, he okay. basically just looked at. Why Hamannick has played a lot with Andrew McDonald, who is not with good. the Islanders, who is terrible. Mm-hmm. And but Andrew he, McDonald was not there last year. No, he was hurt. He had three different injuries last year, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Tyler went through the whole thing, and he said basically he thinks Hamannick's a top pair defenseman. So he was only making three point eight for mm-hmm. another three years, and he's twenty six. So I mean, take the chance. I think he's. Where are you going to get a better fit than that? You're not. I think the Leafs. My sense was they were really, really disappointed they didn't get Hamannick. But it doesn't sound like they were willing to put a first-round pick on the table. It sounded like they wanted JVR and like a prospect or JVR and a, another pick. or That's kind of what it sounded like happened. In that draft, it sounds like that would have been the draft to give a first-round pick, right? This one right now? Yeah. I don't know. Like it, that, they... But if they were still talking about the trade after the oh, first yeah. round, they yeah. would have had to get next year's first-rounder. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe... Yeah, were... it's supposed to be better, isn't it? I think they're a little bit reluctant to give up first-round picks. But Hamannick's, I don't know, it's such a good fit. Like, I don't know, where are they going to get? They got to try he and get... checks a lot of the boxes. They got to try and get Chris Tanev out of Vancouver or... Yeah. Who has term on his contract, I think, right? Yeah, he does. A little bit. Yeah. And he's not super underpaid. He's like four and a half. Well, do you know one thing I think we underestimated or I didn't put into the equation? Because you and I for months have been saying, like, they should take advantage of a team that's going to lose someone... 
to Vegas. And the part we never lost anyone. The part we didn't talk about because maybe we didn't see it is that Vegas was just going to make trades with those teams to not take those guys. So suddenly, if you were trying to get Manson or teams Botnet, were telling me that it was going to happen. So maybe we that's, that's teams were saying there's going to be lots of side deals, but I just thought that meant that yeah, with the, with team other teams, yeah, yeah. I thought they would just trade Vegas would get those guys and trade them to other teams or something, but yeah. Instead, they made all these deals to. I do. guess that would have made just as much. Uh, I guess then you're getting one less thing if you do that. I don't know. We're gonna but have so, to look back at Vegas so in three those, years and see what they did. Yeah, but so those were the options like that that were better for the Leafs, but those teams obviously weren't willing. Yeah, to like deal if Josh Manson or yeah. Dumba or these guys were all in play, but those teams very smartly were like, we're not giving up a young right shot defenseman, which is worth a lot in, well, like, in like an expansion draft or whatever. Right. Well, and, and some teams like Anaheim did, I think, smart things where they knew they had to protect Bieksa. Right, like that, they didn't have a choice. They could have bought him out. They could have bought him out, but instead they just made a side deal so you don't take player X. And they gave up Shea Theodore, who's as opposed a good to, young D. Yeah, who's a good young D, and that's that. But they're a team that's built to win now. We're trying to win now, right. as opposed to a team like Ottawa, who instead of just figuring out a side trade to protect someone, decides to expose Mark Mathot, put. Dion Phaneuf in a really weird position, and then kind of now is that talking about trading him. I don't know mess. what the hell they're doing. That was a mess. so. What's their D going to be if they trade if they lose Mathot for nothing? Which they did. And the other thing too is that Dallas got Mathot back for. I did, I'm not sure who the prospect was. It's like a goalie up. prospect. Someone good. I had never heard in of a him, second but like, round. I'm pick. not the right guy to ask. Like if Anaheim really wanted Mathot back, just give up a second round pick and a prospect and get him back. Mm-hmm. And now they're talking about trading Phaneuf, which makes even less sense. Like. Well, I'm sure there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the relationship there is all sour now that it like. How did that get out? You know what? How, That's you, not fair. You, to you know what I think probably happened. I think that, I wonder if uh, someone on Phaneuf's side leaked it out to make the Ottawa look bad. I would think if it, would it got the, out through. I would think it would be the opposite. If it got out through the Senators, like but that makes that just sense. shows why why you're trying Lou, to pressure them. That shows why Lou locks it down so much because, like, there's an example of how that can really hurt your team if stuff gets out, like, that they asked him to waive. Yeah, and now it's not, like, now he gets blamed. Like, they and... asked, Pittsburgh asked Flurry to waive really ago. early. Yeah. And it didn't get reported for a long time. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, that, it's not fair to Dion Phaneuf. Can you imagine how much of a mess that would have made for Pittsburgh if that had gotten out and then they knew the whole way through the playoffs that Flurry's he's a starting goalie, but he's not going to be there in, like, a few weeks? And... I think we knew that anyway, but yeah. True. But, but yeah, if, like it wasn't official. Or if wasn't, it was official, like he waived his clause like six months ago. Well, and I guess the, the I guess the common argument against FNUF is they're not going to pick you anyway, anyway, so why wouldn't you just waive? But there's every chance that Vegas was would have just taken him and then traded him somewhere that he didn't want to go. And then you're then you're really effed. And if you waive your no trade, is it not? It then apply? apparently you have to renegotiate it with the next team. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have been fair to Dion FNUF, and now he gets blamed, and now they're... Like I didn't think they were good anyway, and I didn't. I don't. I wouldn't pick them as a playoff team next year, and now they're worse. So. What's their D going to be? Who's going to be on their top pair? Frederick Clayson? Are they just going to? They're Carlson? probably going to go sign like Alsner for a huge amount of money now to replace Mathot. Good idea. Well, Alsner's uh, a left, so that doesn't. Ottawa fans already hate my guts, so I'm not. I'm not saying anything. You say all the things you want about Ottawa, and I'll, I just think I will sit here quiet. I think it's a really clear example of mismanagement. Yeah, and that's bad. Like look how look how uh, Minnesota came out of it. I like, guess they had to make a Ottawa's trade. GM has never. I've never been super impressed. Nor am I. Yeah. So, what's next? What's next on the list? Goalies. So they need a backup goalie. Unless you want Curtis McElhaney, which if I was Toronto, I would not. I wrote a big thing about this a few weeks ago, and I went into okay, all so of the let's options. Talk about it. Yeah. Who is there? Anyone you like there? I circled a few guys that would be of like interest. Like Mason's not going to do it. He's not going to take that. Like he, he's the best one available. He's the best one. He would, but make, he's he's still a starter. Like, mm, that that that's a question mark. I'm not sure he's still a starter. He like he had an opportunity to be a starter in Philly and never. I don't know. Maybe there's a jinx. He's like a weaker starter. He's in the James Reimer class of starter, yeah, probably. Brian Elliott. Yeah, like I think I might take a chance on a guy. Like that would that. be the guy. Yeah. I think would make a lot of sense. I think he's better as a number two. I think he can play thirty to thirty-five games. Mike Condon. Okay, I don't, so only, I don't uh, think Ryan Miller's leaving the West Coast. I don't either. Okay, so Andres Nielsen, Keith Kincaid, uh, Mike Condon, Steve Mason, Brian Elliott. Those are the guys I listed. I can't remember who else I had. 
Elliot, I, I was thinking Elliot or maybe Chad Johnson. or Apparently know, Chad Johnson's going back to Calgary. Calgary. Right. Brian Elliott would make a lot of sense. I wonder Vegas, doesn't Vegas carrying three goalies right now? Yeah, but I think they're going to, one of them, Brube is an unrestricted free agent. So They took Brube, eh? I guess because the Islanders, yeah. 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 I liked that Calvin Pickard that the Avs had. Like, if the Leafs could get a guy like that in as a backup, I think that would be, like, a a young guy that has some promise, and then... Mm -hmm. If you get someone like that in there, and then maybe they play 20 games a year, and they turn into something like the way that Ranta turned into something, or Darling turned into something, something, then you have an asset. Yeah, then you have. That's what, what about Andres Nielsen, who had good numbers last year in good. Buffalo. I don't think yeah, numbers like he, were good. He played for Edmonton before that, right? And he was bad. He was bad. But Ed, Islanders, he's bounced bad. around a lot. Yeah, you look at his AHL numbers; they don't impress me. Kincaid, I have no idea what he is. He had good he, numbers last year as the back. And his AHL numbers are okay. So, like maybe, maybe. So what about Mike Condon, who I guess will probably resign in Ottawa? He's, he's just he's okay. He's okay. If you don't have to pay him a lot, I'm okay with him. They do need to get something, and I don't think McElhaney's good enough. I don't either. Is there a goalie available by trade? I don't think so. It wouldn't be worth it to trade for like a, well, a Grubauer or something. Well, no, because that, well, that's exactly what I was thinking of. He's RFA. Um, no, I don't think he makes sense. Goalies have like. I don't know. Washington's probably going to be trying to move him then if he's RFA and he's going to get a bigger contract because like they've got serious cap problems there. That mm-hmm. TJ Oshie deal was massive. So like if the Leafs, like I think the Leafs should pay a backup goalie two to two point four million sure. if, if they can find someone good. So because maybe, maybe they can get a Grubauer. Do you know why? Like in, and you've argued this for a while. Goal, backup goalies are still underestimated in the league. Yeah. All it takes, and you're a team now, Toronto, that wants to try to win a cup. All it takes is for Frederick Anderson to get hurt the first day of camp, and you can be at, like completely screwed. Yeah, or he has like a really bad month, or, or he's a bad month, or like he starts to struggle, or a situation like happens with Matt Murray happens, and you need a guy who can play in the playoffs. The piece I wrote about the backup goalie situation, I got into all that, and I calculated last year how many games the number one going into the year played on average around the league, and how many games they won. And they only played like 49 or something. So that leaves about 30 games on average that the backup plays for every team around the league. And it's because of what happened with guys like Jonathan Quick or look what happened with Ben Bishop last year. Mm-hmm. It's very, very common. Look what happened with Lundqvist and Antti Ranta. Like if you have a guy like Ranta who can step in and play really well, I mean, that can buy you an extra five, six points. Like I think the backup goalie is on average more valuable than a lot of other different pieces on the roster. So I would pay my starter four to six million and I would pay my backup one and a half to two and a half million and, and, you that's, should, and get one of the better backups around the league I mean just look what happened with Fleury and, and Matt Murray where Matt Murray gets hurt and Fleury steps in and like they don't win the Stanley Cup without without having two good goalies Right. Uh, so I don't know why so many teams like the Leafs the old school mentality is oh we got our guy let's just put a tin can behind him that you know what I mean Like who's their just, GM yeah who the, used to play his guy 75 games a year right and I think it seems like Babcock believes in that too. But like, mm-hmm. I think you, I think you should have two good guys. But how do you like? Let's say you're in that management group and you're like a counter force to that. How do you? I wonder push who that back? would be. How do you? But how do you push back against that? Like, if these guys are old school and believe this is the way to do it, what do you do? Well, they've got an analytics department that's like four guys plus Kyle Dubas. I mean, maybe you like put together a big paper for a week showing the value of a backup goalie. Relative. Like how many points it can cost yeah, you? Relative, yeah, well, relative to like. They have all these measures now, like GAR and WAR and all this stuff, and like they can measure how valuable goalies are. I haven't seen anyone do it, but I'm sure that backup goalies on average are more valuable than anyone on your fourth line and anyone on your third D pair. And like mm-hmm. they should be, they should be making two million bucks if you're good. Definite no on McElhinney. I mean, if Steve Mason will come in for two, two and a half, isn't he a Toronto guy or like? Yeah, he's from Oakville. Okay. Which is where my wife is from. Do you think there would be any concern from management about bringing in a guy like that who's still relatively young and who might sort of seem threatening? Like, do you think that would be something they consider? Yeah, it's a little bit of a problem because consider? he might he might outplay Anderson. Well, yeah, but that's why I would. That's why I like like someone like a Pickard. That's like someone who's unproven. He's the same thing. Yeah, but Mason's that's why Brian Elliott makes Brian Elliott makes the most sense. But even Brian he's Elliott probably wants that. to start. But he's been a backup. He's yeah. been that guy before with Jake Allen. 
I didn't do my research on my backup goalies. I think there's more options that I just didn't. There aren't. No. Trust me. So it's like the Leafs need these three positions really badly where there's nothing. Yeah. And where there are players they could get to help them, it's like there are really good wingers available. Like they could bring in Justin Williams or they could bring yeah. in. So let, let, let's put it to you this way. If they can't find a defenseman, if they can't find a center they like, and they can't pay a backup goalie that they like, should they spend some of that money on a Radulov or a Williams? Because they have tons of cap space. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Like, why you do as many things or as you Kovalchuk. can. Just make your team better. I don't know about Kovalchuk. I've never been on that boat. But if it makes your team better, just make your team better. I almost think they should bring in a Williams or a Radulov. Williams and, would make a lot of sense. Then you can move Nylander to center or you can like... I think he'd be a... Like he was good last year. He had a slow start, and then you look at the end. It's of the like year, another like, right winger, but you can someone you can move guys. Good around, guy, right? like they love that good guy stuff. I think he. Can, <laughs> I think he can still play, so it's not just a good guy who can't play. I know Washington's still talking to him, but I don't think it's out of the question that Williams would come to Toronto. I don't either. He's from Coburg. Coburg, yeah, home of Chris Johnston. Yeah, that would make sense. You just like the, the thing is just bringing like if you can't solve your need, just make your team better somewhere else, right? Like it's like all these little. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have all these different piles, and, like, they one pile is going to be higher than the other. So if you can't make this pile higher, you make another one higher. Does that make any sense? Right. I don't know. What's it's next? interesting in the league, though. You look at free agency, and the only thing coming available now is is wingers. Okay, so this is, this is a topic for later, but we'll talk about it now. I was thinking of writing something about... Um, so in the NBA, the best players are always available. So last summer it was Durant. This two summers before that it was LeBron. This summer it's Blake Griffin, it's Chris Paul, it's Kyle Lowry. Lots of good players available. In the NHL, the best players are never, ever, ever available. Steven Stamkos came within like a day or two and then re-signed. It's not true Sydney, because they get traded sometimes. But yeah, but available, agency. unrestricted free agency. Name yeah. like the last, like Zach Parise, Ryan Suter. Like that's like the high end of yeah. what becomes and you available. you had to give them a stupid 13-year deal to do, get them. Do you think that's bad? Like do you think the league would be better if there were shorter deals, more player movement, and more opportunity to sign the best players? Yeah, I think it's probably bad. It's really hard for... Then what you get is these teams that are really desperate, like the Rangers overpaying the guys that do become available. Mm-hmm. And Happens every year. Yeah. It's probably bad. But you know, it's it's the result of... Teams are so afraid that they're not going to be able to find talent in free agency, so they lock guys up for a longer and longer term. Oh, I don't think that's why they do it. I think they do it because they save money. Like, if you sign... Not anymore, you don't. Yeah, I guess that's How much true. money are you saving on Seabrook and stuff? Like, No, no, no. I mean, you save money. When you sign Jake Gardner for five years and whatever that was, um, you're saving money. That's kind of different than, like, I'm thinking like an RFA. Like, Gardner was oh. an RFA. Yeah. Like, I, I, no, actually, I'm actually, thinking UFA. Was. I'm thinking like guys that are going to be UFA. They get like get, oh. Getzlaff and yeah, Perry yeah. and Seabrook. Those like older uh, Kopitar. But they never become available. Right. Like they just re-sign them. Right. So I'm just wondering like is that – like wouldn't it be better if but every if four team, or five probably, years – You don't want that. If you're a team, you don't want them going no, to I know. UFA because you want to either trade them or you give don't. them a big long contract. Well, but they never get to that point because they just sign them as soon as they can. Like, that's why Crosby and all these young guys, they get signed to big, long deals because, like, you sign them as soon as you can, lock them in, they're controlled. Right. But, like, what would happen if, like, instead of McDavid being able to sign for eight years, what if his max contract that he could sign was five? Well, you sound like you're working for the league now. No, actually, it's the opposite. It's it's good for the players. Shorter deals are, are better for well, players. Well, they get guaranteed money. Well, they, they get security. But, like, if you have shorter deals... The players want longer deals. Because of security. The, the, the crappier players would want longer deals. I bet you the next CBA negotiation... That will be a thing. They're going to bring the term limit down again. They, they probably feel like eight is too too many. So you're saying that's a leaked... That would be a leaked thing? Yes, I think it's it good. was in the last lockdown. But I think it's good for players. Players like having the option But the going top really players, it's better term. for them if they can do shorter deals. They never do. I know, because they want security. Jimmy Ben did one, and then that worked for him really well. He worked did a five-year... for year. Subban? Which he, was that wasn't deal. his choice. I know, but most but, players but, want the security and the super long term because, right? That you the possibility you could have a season-ending injury or you could decline or there, but don't, but there's don't a lot you of s- factors that are. But would you stand? Wouldn't you stand to make more money if you had shorter deals? And I think you might see Connor McDavid do that. I think he might take like a four-year by thirteen million, and then because like, then the next contract will be sixteen or more. Right, like, but the cap might be a lot higher in four years. So, like in the NBA, like LeBron has taken like these really short contracts because, like, the cap 
and for a while it was because the cap was going up really fast. Well, I guess his career-ending injuries are probably more likely in hockey than yeah, in basketball. That's fair. I think guys are wearing out faster in hockey now as it gets faster and faster. The average age is really coming down. No, it's uh, you, no. You make you actually. Make I a asked, good point. I'm trying to find this. I asked Don Fear about this, and I'm trying to find what he said. Basically, he said something along the lines of what you did. Uh, he said the only way to get market value is to have long, longer contracts. And if you had shorter contracts, then you'd need to do something with the cap. Basically, I think I'm paraphrasing it right. But what does that mean? He said, quote, if you have a salary cap which artificially limits what you can play a player during a given year, the only way you can get to his market value is to extend a contract which is guaranteed. Uh-huh. It's the only way you can do it. So if you shorten them, then maybe what you have to do is loosen the strings on what can be paid. <laughs> so he, Yeah, so he's just saying, let's have, not, let's have a higher cap. Hmm? <laughs> anyway. Don Fear's a smart dude. Yeah, he's fun to talk to. I like talking to him about that stuff. Okay, so stuff. couple... But, but that's, just, that's just propaganda, though. That's... That's not real. I think it's going to be something that comes up. Yeah. And the next CBA negotiations is going to be really interesting. We'll do a Leaf Report podcast on the That's lockout. when we started the last one. Yeah. Okay, so we got to keep moving. Because we had nothing to do. So restricted free agents for the Leafs. Two guys still to be signed. Connor Brown, Zach Hyman. If you were Lou Lamorello or whoever is doing these deals, would you like try to really play hardball with them? I think they're going to. I think they should. Yeah. But I think they're going to be short-term bridge deals for not a lot of money. They should. Yeah. These are the guys, and like it's not nothing against them, but these are the guys you can't overpay. Right. And I don't know how much of a case. They, they, I don't think they even have arbitration rights yet, do they? Because they haven't played. They're, they're just coming off entry level, so, right. they, so they don't. So they have no rights at all. So you can just, you can really, put, and I like both those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both. Good players? Yeah. I mean, Hyman was probably too high in the lineup, but I think as they get more talent, like that's if you sign a Williams, maybe you move a guy like Hyman and he's on your fourth line and he's a, he would be a great, great fourth line player. Yeah, he would. Really good. So not very much. Two million? Yeah. A couple years? Yeah. And these are the guys like that over the course of time are just going to be replaced. Probably. If you do. Like Brown could... I could see him like being a 50, 55 point guy for a couple of Me years too. and getting more money somewhere else and, yeah. mo- and moving on. And then you have to draft someone to replace him. Right. Or you have like Andreas Johnson come in and play. Right. Okay. Uh, what else? Grunstrom. Grunstrom. Like that's it. And when Did Leo- you see Grunstrom play at all? He came in no, and played those six games. I didn't get the- to a Marley's game, which is a shame. He He's really interesting. Like he's, I don't know. He, he really seemed to do pretty well right yeah, away. I saw yeah, we read was, some stuff. I was surprised. Like he was, he he scored four goals in six games. I think he's like he'd be like eighteen years old. Or so he, he just turned nineteen. Better hands than Komarov. Like, is he more skilled than Komarov? He's like more, uh, maybe more like I would say like Holmstrom than Komarov. Oh. Like crash the net kind of. I think a little bit. That would be good for maybe that. more of a shot than Komarov. Hmm. I don't know if he's as he's probably not as good defensively because he's he's so young though. Like he just turned nineteen. He just he was a super him. late birthday. He was yeah, but I just. You look at his numbers in Sweden, it's like lots of goals, not very many assists. Like he's, I don't know how well-rounded he is, but I think he can score some goals. But that's what they have to do, like just keep replacing those right. depth guys. Jeremy Bracco. Yeah. Who else is coming? Johnson, I know they're, they they really like. I like him. I'm intrigued by him. I think that he can play on the fourth line for sure next year. But I don't know. I don't know how you make room for him to do that. I mean, the injuries, right? I mean, that's the kind of guy that will get us a chance because of injuries. Well, and that's one thing that, that he never had last year is they didn't have any injuries. Right. And it's going to happen. And that will test them. Why well, be one of those ro- those rookies from last year gets hurt? Yeah. If they miss the playoffs this year, if, if I was betting one thing, it would be the injuries. Or Anderson. Or Anderson. Or not, not, or not getting it. A lot of people are already <laughs> completely sold on Anderson. That ship ain't sailed for me yet. Like, I think it's... Well, He's probably average. But he's probably average, but like... He tends to seem to have more highs and lows than an average goalie. Yeah, which isn't great. Uh, okay. One more thing. How long have we, we didn't talked get... so far? 54 minutes. Wow, we're going to make an hour here. It was going to be uh, the first okay, so this really happened... long one in a long time. This happened a while ago. You reported on it. Um, Colorado Avalanche wanted to talk to Kyle Dubas. Did yes. they talk to him? I'm trying to remember. Yes. Okay, so they talked to him. He ultimately decided to stay. What do you think his future is in their front office? I would say undecided. Okay, so put a percentage on him being the next GM. 60%? That high, eh? That's what I think. But we're kind of 
dealing in the dark here a little bit. Okay, so this is year two of Lula Amaral. This means Lula Amaral is in the final year of his contract. I think he might get another deal here this summer. Would not be surprised by that. So what does that? What would that mean? Do you think for Kyle? Davis? I don't know. I don't know. It's very much up in the air. I think what's going to happen here. But I think that the front office is dysfunctional. Why? Do you is hear it, it for the reason that I think? Well, the reason that I think I'll just say it. Like I think Lou is not an easy person to work for. No, I don't think he is. I think he presents very well to the media, but I don't think he can. I think it's, he can be. Difficult. It's always this is what people told me when Shanahan brought Lou to Toronto is that it's it's Lou's way. Like everything is done Lou's way. All that stuff people hear about the hair and everything else. That's the way everything is. And I, I think it is hard to work for him. Yeah. I mean, that's... Everyone in the organization is scared to talk to anyone. Even on, like, mundane stuff. Even about, like, you know, Kyle Dubas it's doesn't talk joke, to us. Man. And it's not just him. It's everybody. In the, like, all the way down. All the way to the Marlies. There's, like, you go to the Marlies and you hang out there and people are scared to talk to you. And the equipment guys, everybody. Everybody's afraid to say anything. It's not the way that it used to be. I mean, there are some instances where I think it makes sense, but it's almost like it goes way overboard. Well, I talked to uh, his right-hand man, I think when Lou got hired, I talked to David Conti, who was like, Lou basically had two people working for him in, in Forever. Jersey, his son and David Conti. And Conti told me that whoever he talked to, agent, manager, player, coach, he had to tell Lou who he talked to and what they talked about. Right. That doesn't seem like it would be fun. Like, imagine in your job if you had to tell your it's, boss every time you talk to someone. It's very regimented. It's very it's old school. Old school, could, yeah. I just don't know how easy it would be to. I think do. Lou's done an okay job in terms of what's happened with the personnel moves and stuff. I mean, we can argue about the Zaitsev contract again, but people mm-hmm. should just go listen to the last episode if they want to hear that. But you know, the other thing too is I think Mike Babcock's a really, really big force of nature in the front office. I, I don't think know they, that he's probably easy. He's either. got no. He's not. I mean. The stories you hear about him is he's, you perform for him, I think you're okay. And if you don't perform for him, I think he makes your life really, really difficult. And, but, you know, he's got that long contract. He's got a lot of power. He's a very strong voice. You know, he was there right at the draft. I guess all the coaches were at the draft table, but, you know, I think that, and he's got experience. And I think there's a lot of good things that Mike Babcock brings to the table. I mean, I'm not, it's not taking a shot at him. There's a lot of big personalities in that front office. So I think part of what's happened is that Kyle Dubas has just had less and less of a say than he did initially. Right. Which makes complete sense. Like how if you bring in those types of people, like that's what's going to happen. Right. But I, how it plays out long term, I think it was interesting looking at the draft table and Shanahan was sitting with Brandon Pridham and Kyle Dubas. And I think that Shanahan really respects and trusts both those guys. Those mm-hmm. are the two younger guys in the front office. I could see that. Ideally for him, he wants a succession plan in place where, where, you know, maybe Kyle is the GM, maybe, and uh, Pridham and Mark Hunter are the assistant GMs. And Lou is the senior advisor? Lou, like, I just don't see Lou retiring. Yeah. I don't see and that. And the tough thing is, is that, like, Jersey tried to do that where they move him into a president's role Didn't or work. whatever, and yeah, it doesn't really work. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they can find a way to phase him out. I mean, the thing is that Lou basically is, like, Shanahan's dad, so, like, whatever kind of... That's Shanahan went to Jersey thing, right? when he was 18 years old, and I don't know what's going to happen. But you, problem, need, you probably need you need some kind of a succession plan in place because Lou's 75 years old. I know, and the problem is like, and it's nothing against Lou, but like you see how he does some things. Like I would want someone who's a little bit more progressive, forward thinking. Like a lot of this stuff is, I don't know, it's antiquated the way to run a team. Like it's stupid that they have to cut their hair and shave their beards and. I don't know. All that stuff is dumb. You and I should just grow really long beards for next year. You already like. Have can one. you imagine? Like, I don't know, whatever. I just think. I just think it's it's window dressing and it's unnecessary. But yeah. well, it was interesting. They took that Lilligren kid, and he said, "I know. I got to cut my hair." It was one of the first things he said. Right. Like, are you making a better hockey player because he's cutting his hair? Maybe no. he'll be more, more aerodynamic. <laughs> All right. I think that's about it. that's about it for we, the podcast. We've run, we've run out of things just to talk about, about. an hour. Oh, well, we got to go here another 50 seconds. Is there anything you want else you want to say or talk about? I don't That's know. Not, not really. Three Sub- subscribe to The Athletic. We have a big announcement on Friday for we're hiring another person. So people stay tuned for that. And I, I hope people check out the Detroit site too. Craig Custance and they announced today Katie Strang has been hired. And those are two of 
in my opinion, two of the smartest people and the best people to work Agreed. with in, in hockey. So I got to spend the weekend with Craig in uh, Chicago for the draft and just, you know, it's one of my favorite people in the business. So it's pretty awesome to get to work with him. All right. We'll leave it there. Podcast is always brought to you by Babsox. Check out babsox.ca and we will be back at some undetermined point. Thanks for tuning in to the Leaf Report. Follow the guys on Twitter at Jonas Siegel and at Myrtle. <laughs>